Hey, this is Coach Freddie here, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and welcome to the I Have for Evolution, where we'll be discussing the benefits of growing and using industrial hemp for people, planet, and profit. Conversations about the history, legalization, farming, harvesting, processing, building, manufacturing, investing, and how industrial hemp can benefit people's lives, heal the planet, and how it can be used to make thousands of products and boost the economy and business. So, are you ready to join the iHemp revolution? Hey, this is Coach Freddie, and I'm here in Blandon, Pennsylvania. I'm here on the farm owned by Anna and Drew and their partner here, uh, Cameron. And uh, last night I stayed in a hemp house on wheels. And uh, we're going to be talking about that and their journey into industrial hemp. How you doing, guys? Great. Good, yeah. How are good you? guys. Hi, we're great. Uh, let's start off with uh, your background and give us a little bit of background. Drew, we'll start with you and how you decided to get into industrial hemp, what I call I-hemp. Uh, my background, I've uh, been a film and media producer and editor for the last 12 years. And then I was out in Los Angeles, was working with my wife. We had a business building guest houses and stuff like that. And, and uh, I was looking at prefab options and wasn't very happy with what was sort of on the market. And uh, that's when I kind of discovered hempcrete. And uh, like most people who discover some of these things, they go down a rabbit hole, and, and that's what I went down. And, and uh, two years later, you know, we have a small farm. We're growing hemp, and, and uh, we're, we're building with it. Um, yeah. Okay. And so, Anna, yep. what's your story? I am <clears throat> um, a licensed architect here in Pennsylvania. Um, I, was, uh, I got my degree in uh, New York, in Brooklyn, and I was primarily trained in architecture in New York. And then we moved to Los Angeles about four years ago now. Um, and we stayed there for three years. And during that time, I worked for a company that primarily was focused on uh, airports. So it was a very large scale renovations, constructions. And that's when I realized up to that point, I at that point, I realized the tremendous ways that architecture and construction professions were producing, industries were producing. And I just thought that we had to do something about that because knowing how many chemicals go into production of these construction materials and then knowing that all that is going back into the landfill, um, it was just kind of uh, horrifying. So we, Drew, was looking for um, some other sustainable options and we came across hemp and we thought that this is the future. So that's why we decided to take a... Uh, gamble and buy the farm before the um, the hemp bill was passed, and so here we are now, a year later. Yeah, and so how many acres do you have here? Uh, we have ten acres, and six of them are uh, farming land. Okay, we'll get into that a little bit later. But Cameron, how how you doing? And uh, tell us your story. All right, yeah. So um, I'm a trained ceramicist. I have a bachelor's of fine art in uh, ceramics. Uh, that I came back to Pennsylvania with, um, went to school in Wilson, North Carolina, where I met my wife. Uh, we moved back to Pennsylvania, where we both grew up, um, and 
Uh, I took a job at a local uh, working history museum uh, making handmade tile. So I got an appetite for handmade tile um, on top of my ceramics degree. Um, ended up staying in the area and working for a native plant nursery and ecological restoration services firm in uh, Quakertown. Um, spent a lot of time there, about seven years learning small business inside and out. Um, and, uh, you know, decided to pull all those things together by uh, working to create a line of uh, cast concrete planter boxes uh, that would feature handmade tile and native plants for, you know, urban environments, for uh, urban gardens. Um, and the first concrete planter box that I made was so heavy that I quickly realized that I needed to do something different if I was going to add handmade tile onto what was already a very heavy item. So uh, just pe poking around on the internet, found uh, hempcrete and thought, you know, wow, that could really be, you know, a possibility. So um, looked around and I found uh, a hempcrete workshop being offered nearby, uh, not, not but 10 minutes from where I worked and, um, you know, took the workshop and was hooked. Okay. Obviously loved it. Yeah. Loved everything about it. So um, decided to uh, set up an LLC and became uh, a licensed and insured installer of the material. So that's my company now, Marishandra. We're uh, again, we're a licensed and insured installer of the hempcrete material, and we also have created a line of uh, cast hemp objects. Okay. And yesterday we were talking about uh, what's uh, the significance with the name. Uh, so Marishandra is uh, sort of a mashup of uh, the French word for hemp, which is chandra. Okay. Um, harkens back to the French as being the uh, the first to kind of design and work with the hemp line system. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a nod to the to the creators of hempcrete. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yesterday we uh, made some uh, little planter boxes there, uh, and I got to mix some uh, hempcrete. And put them in a mold. That's right. That's yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah, it's a good time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So let's talk about hemp house on wheels that we're sitting in right now recording this. How did that project start? And um, naturally, we have a licensed architect. Had a lot to do with that, right? So, Anna, why don't you start off? Sure. Um, so when we moved here in December, we thought, okay, this is our... A chance to get ahead of the industry a little bit if we start doing something now and in this in and we at that time we met Cameron uh, or maybe a little bit earlier a couple of months before and um, in January we decided to put our forces together and uh, build a little demo project on wheels that we could take to different places to expose events um, and so in January we bought a trailer uh, we uh, upgraded it to carry this weight and uh, and then we spent a little bit of time designing it and then we it took us about four or five months to build it okay um, the trailer was built on uh, an old equipment hauling trailer so it was a flatbed equipment trailer uh, it was about 18 feet long on the deck 22 feet long total um, and uh, you know designed to carry about 10,000 pounds so on a worked really hard to find the engineering solutions necessary to build a hempcrete structure on a, on a small trailer frame and to have it survive going down the road. So uh, this is not this is meant to be a, dis a model for display of the construction material uh, and also of the design to show that it is 
very compatible with modern materials and modern design. Um, and uh, yeah, the uh, the en- again the engineering that it took to get it to be you know roadworthy is not something that you would have to go through to build your house. But none of that is visible. That's all hidden within the structure. So it appears as though you know it, it appears in the same way that a house built out of concrete would, but it's a whole lot cooler. Yeah, yeah, I see that. And there's a lot of, of plaster here, so you had to consider the plaster not cracking mm, and everything right. else. So tell us about the actual construction that goes into this and the process you had to go through and the time from one stage to the other stage. Um, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about the structure. So because we lived in California before we moved here, um, California is prone to earthquakes mm-hmm. and that uh, Pulling something like this on the road, especially some roads in upstate New York, <laughs> yeah. um, is like an earthquake for a structure like this. So we had to incorporate those principles. Um, so we tied it uh, with uh, this uh, particular hold downs um, to the frame, and then we made sure that we applied brackets where we needed it. Um, so yeah, we just made sh- um, and cross bracing. So we just made sure that it is not going to pivot and shake and kind of. Um, twist in any kind of way. Although I did, it, it did crack just a little bit in the corners above the doors, but that is absolutely normal. And uh, those are stress points, and that happens in in pretty much everywhere in houses with plaster. Some of the other considerations of building this hemp house at the time that we built it um, had to do with the temperature outside. So we in this part of Pennsylvania don't get above forty degree temperature at night until about mid March. So that sort of drove our timeline. We knew when we were allowed to start doing hempcrete um, and then had to work backwards from that point in time to the due date to figure out, you know, Mm -hmm. when everything had to be sequenced. So although it took four or five months, much of that was because of the drying times involved. So we cast the hempcrete in mid-March and uh, actually had to be very careful about the temperature. Um, you can't have hempcrete go below 40 degrees for very long. It defeats the crystalline, crystalline structure of the lime. Okay. Um, when the water freezes inside of it, it, it destroys that crystalline structure. Um, so Drew actually spent many long sleepless nights getting up and checking and tenting uh, the hemp house. We actually pulled a tent over it and put heaters inside of it to make sure that it didn't go below. Some of those nights got That's pretty cold. Awesome. Um, so okay. we did that for about two or three weeks, I would say. Um, and it took about a month for it to completely dry out. Uh, at that point, when it was ready, uh, we could start applying the plaster, uh, of which there are three coats, each one having a one week long drying time in between. Okay. So everything from the day that we first cast our hempcrete to the day that we delivered it to New York was highly choreographed. You know, and it, it was exactly. it came down to the wire. You couldn't write the kind of things that happened to us <laughs> leading up to it, um, but we made it. Uh, so, okay, Good. and then, you know, and then you know, the overall vision and, and goal of the Hemp House and Wheels is you know, it's an educational tool. It's mobile, so it's very, it's very similar to. You know, you sort of traveling in, in your car around the country, um, spreading spreading the gospel. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, but but you know, this is focused more on um, building construction, and and also you know, it can serve as a marketplace and pop up for other hemp 
products. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's still very abstract and conceptual for people when you talk about it, but when people can experience it, touch it, people listen, you know, people want to learn, um, and uh, that's what you want. You're going to be taking the hemp house on wheels to some events? Yeah. Tell us about that. Uh, well, the first event that we went to was the uh, CWCB Expo at the Javits Center, the Cannabis World Congress and Business Expo. Okay. That's uh, where we premiered it. Um, and it was very unique. We were the only uh, vendors that had anything to do with industrial applications. Everything else was CBD and flour okay. and yeah. that sort of thing. But uh, we've since uh, participated in the Hemp Heels Music Festival. You know, I think next week we're going to have a Hemp Creek workshop and we're participating in another Hemp Heels event. We're going up to a groundbreaking in New York, and uh, I can't remember the the ag, uh, the name of the ag thing. But this isn't confirmed yet. But we also have the potential to be taking it to the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and in Design Philadelphia in October, which is very exciting, a week long big event. Okay. And that's that's very you know the idea is to really get this in front of people that really you know we don't want to necessarily preach to the choir we want to exactly. expose new people to, to this material mm-hmm. change minds and and, uh, and move forward so we can bring uh, stuff like hempcrete and hemp products to market okay well that's great now I'd like to talk about your crop out here this is a, a research uh, crop that you're doing here yeah I mean we're you know, if, if we were doing, you know, this is the first season that we're growing. Not many people have grown fiber in Pennsylvania. Out of the 300 permits, you know, 90% of them are growing CBD. Okay. So at this point, everyone's still discovering uh, what grows in Pennsylvania, what grows well. Um, and uh, we're going to be growing. We have two varieties, Futura 75 and Fiber Nova. Um, in the ground, uh, the Futura, Futura 75 is already like four or five feet high. Uh, we just got three varieties from Ukraine, um, that we're going to put in in the next few days. Okay. Uh, it's not certified. Um, <clears throat> so they want us to assist in that process and, uh, it reportedly grows to 20 feet. Wow. Tall. <laughs> which, which is, you know, sort of the legendary height of some of these amazing fiber crops. Okay. Uh, the farm for the last few decades, uh, you know, is they were farming corn, soybean, and would always use glyphosate, pesticides, and all sorts of other things. Yeah. Uh, so we're getting rid of all that. Uh, we're working with Riverdale Institute to transition the farm to regenerative organic. Okay. Um, they received a million dollar grant from the state of Pennsylvania to assist farmers in Pennsylvania to transition. So, awesome. um, you know, the barrier of entry to transition, it, it makes it much, much easier uh, to, to make that transition for farmers. Um, and, uh, you know, we just believe it's, it's better for the soil, better for the environment, better for 
everybody, yeah. honestly. And uh, you know, so we have a year, uh, I guess, two more years before we can certify okay. as regenerative organic. Awesome. Now you're growing some canaf out there, also. Yeah, um, we are growing canaf as well. Yeah, it's one acre of canaf, and canaf is the same family as um, uh, hemp. Uh, it looks completely different though, but the stalk is supposed to have the same properties. So okay. we're, we're going to experiment and see which plant actually grows better in our geographic area here, and which plant will be better for the use that we will will be. Tell us about uh, your uh, future plans. You want to build structures out of hemp for people. Uh, what what does that look like? Uh, well, I think together, um, you know, as a team, we want to focus on product development. Okay. And um, although we would love everyone to build a hemp free house, you know, I don't know if everyone if if the mainstream is ready for it. No, they're not. So <laughs> so we're we're focusing on other things that can be featured in uh, spaces. Okay. Um, and, uh, but in the meantime, we're also trying to spread the word and make um, people more aware of the kind of, you know, the uh, pros and cons of the conventional construction and pros and cons of the uh, this type of construction, which is actually not nothing new. It's a traditional construction that was used about 100 years ago. So we want to bring uh, bring it back and uh, to show people the benefits of healthy living. Okay. But also, we'll be working on the product. So the goals for, at least for the next year, is to actually have a couple of structures built with uh, hempcrete, but also develop other um, ideas that okay. we're working on. So like uh, remodeling type of things that you can bring in to help people remodel instead of using uh, well, I mean, like, for example, like, you know, Cameron's made planter boxes, we have candles, we have, um, you know, we it, it has great sound quality, so it's great for uh, commercial application. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't have to be permitted, so it, it can be used as sort of a decorative uh, noise barrier in okay. restaurants and hotel lobbies and, and that sort of thing. Okay. And contributed to the overall narrative of brands that are focused on wellness and healthy living. Um, and in the residential market, of course, it is a it's remodels, additions, new construction, and remodels actually are not a, wouldn't be that difficult to do because we would keep the structure of the house. So if someone decided to upgrade their house, we would just take a drywall out, insulation, uh, Tyvek wrap, and uh, the facade. And, uh, and then mm -hmm. we would just retrofit it. Okay. So it would be actually easy to do if someone would be interested in trying something like this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Mm -hmm. So where do you see yourself in one year from now? Uh, I see ourselves as a business that is moves past pre-revenue and starts is starting to cash flow. Products that, that are on the market so we can be a sustainable business. I see us as a nationally recognized name. Anyway, so someone just reached out to us from California, someone by name. It would be great if our name would be recognized okay. um, Yeah, from east to west coast. And Cameron, how do you see yourself fitting in with uh, Drew and Anna? And what would your position be and what do you want to do? 
Um, it's difficult to say at this point whether or not, you know, we will be still two separate companies a year from now. I think that that's sort of been in the back of our minds for a long time now. And what we've done together so far here that we're sitting inside of is no small task. Um, and it would not have happened without any one of the three of us having been involved. So that is hard to ignore. Um, I think others have noticed and identified that in us. Your being here is sort of affirmation of that. Okay. Um, you know what I mean? So that has been something, you know, that we all sort of hoped for when we were sitting around in January talking about this. Um, and it's happened. So. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think we, you know, that was recently, actually, I think we, you know, we've kind of moved forward with, you know, that, that idea that we're, we're all in this together. We're okay. a team and we're all, you know, we need each other. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to say where we'll be in a year from now because there's so much still unknown. We've done so much and we've gone so far and we've learned so much together, but um, it's really difficult to say where, where I hope we are in a year is, you know, sort of a combination of what the two of them have said um, that, we're gaining that recognition, we're making money, we're, we're, you know, doing what we want to do. But, you know, the reasons why we've decided to do this are like many people in the hemp industry, because we were sick of what we were doing before. Yeah. We really didn't like the people that we were before. Um, you know, and the last six or seven months have been rewarding just in that aspect, yeah. that we have a purpose, that there is a reason why we're doing this that's more than just making money. We, all three of us, firmly believe that, you know, like many people in the hemp, you know, revolution do, that this plant is the answer to some of the largest problems that we face, exactly. um, and that it can be that answer, um, that it bridges gaps that, you know, were thought to be, you know, insurmountable. So, um, you know, where, where we are in a year from now, I hope, is just an extension of where we've already gone, um, okay. you know. So it's, it's difficult to say, but, you know, I think everyone in this industry is sort of forging their own path and, you know, to, to keep, to keep, to keep up with, uh, you know, what we've done so far and the people that we've met and the things that we've done, um, you know, a year from now, I'm certainly excited to see. Great. Great. When I, and I feel honored to be the first one to stay <laughs> a hemp house on wheels. Legendary. So, is there anything else you would like to add to the message uh, for our audience? I would also say that, you know, Cameron and I co-host the Hemp Entrepreneur Podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that's been another vehicle of uh, synergy, connection, <laughs> education, uh, for us, for our listeners, um, and, uh, you know, the more we discover in this hemp revolution, uh, you know, the more we realize that collaborating, working with all these people who are driven by a very large why, um, is, is really satisfying and helps move the entire industry forward in a direction that we feel is uh, good for everyone. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah just, just like some of your other guests have said, we're very open to collaboration. Um, visitors, you know, if, if you have an idea and you've been thinking about it, call us. You know, we uh, we love the people that we've met so far. Um, and like Drew said, we're very open to, to collaborating and, and working with others. So reach out. Come, okay. come see us. All right. <laughs> I just, um, you know, we're working on so many different exciting things. And uh, uh, we're in the process of updating our website. And we'll be putting all these things out. The farm is open to anyone who'd like to visit. And uh, we'll be posting updates there. So please check out our website, coexist.build in a week or so <laughs> yeah. and stay tuned to all the different things that we're working on because we're as Cameron said we're open to collaboration so uh, visiting the farm working with us we're open to all of that so please uh, come stop stop by and we, and we hope to have a, uh, a hemp house on wheels website in the near future so uh, more people can engage learn and awesome. enjoy this wonderful uh, great and, and you have a, 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 a young daughter, right? Yes, a uh, two, two and a half year old girl. She loves being here. We have chickens running around. Um, so it's a, it's a great environment for families as well. Yeah. What's, her na- what's her name? Uh, her name is Aya Maya. Okay, awesome. I want to thank all three of you guys for being a guest on the I Have Revolution podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks thank for having us, Coach. Appreciate it. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in today and make sure that you subscribe to the iHemp Revolution podcast on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. Give us a review and follow us on facebook.com forward slash iHempRevolution. Like us and then tell your friends. Help us spread the word about how using industrial hemp can benefit people, heal the planet, and provide long-term profit. This is your host, Coach Freddie, inspiring people to do things that inspire them, and thanks for joining the iHemp Revolution.